Welcome to Telling It Like It Is. I'm your host, Matt, the Godfather, Ely. Zara Vignola, back again, co-hosting. Mm-hmm. And right now, we're recording in Rockaway Beach, Queens. And not it's quite... Cloudy out. It is, yeah. it is, it is. Hopefully, by the time we're done recording, maybe the, the sun will come out for a little while so we can en- enjoy the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a lot has happened this week. Um... We lost uh, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm. who was one of my favorite people on TV. Um, I didn't get to watch um, uh, a lot was, of his shows. No, the latest show, uh, play Parts Unknown. I didn't get to watch as much as that, mm-hmm. but No Reservations, his first show. Yeah, I was like married to that show when it first came out i thought it was like one of the most amazing amazing pieces of tv art that i ever saw um and it was really like kind of groundbreaking in the sense that you know he went from being you know chef tony (laughs) known as just a cook to this guy that just would travel the world and go places the the non-touristy places right and his concentration didn't just become you know, it wasn't just about the food, right? It was also about the places that he was going to, the cultures. And I think a lot of his viewers have totally appreciated that over time and how he had evolved, right, within his shows. So it's, um, you know, it's a sad loss for most people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, thoughts and prayers with his family. Um, so this morning I saw a headline that said that Trump would support, says that he would support a lift on the on the general ban against marijuana Mm -hmm. yeah and i think we kind of talked about this last week in the context of what we're looking at it um you know from just you know state to state view um but now him mentioning it is you know that looks like we're looking at a federal uh context of it and like what we said last week there's only i think about nine states that really have it legalized you know and allows recreational use um including california um but I think that, you know, having it as a federal, um, if there's going to be a federal lift to it, that's going to change a whole lot in terms of how it would run as a business or, you know, how states are actually going to sort of implement that. So it's an interesting comment. Uh, we'll have to watch what the sort of follow through would be like. Well, to me, the thing that stands out is that what does this mean? Because his attorney general, Jeff Sessions, is, is like, a, a mm-hmm. you know some may call old school like he, he he's he he's he's made it clear that he's big on enforcing marijuana drug laws right um which is you know not, you know we've mentioned this before contradictory to the supposed conservative view of small state mm-hmm. or small government yeah. <laughs> um so it'll be interesting to see um you know how that's going to play out and, um, and at the end of the day, him just mentioning that as the president, he still has to really go up against the Congress, right? What would that look like in the context of how, you know, any of the senators from state to state would actually either support it or not support it or, you know, um, 
all the other um you know sort of official that he's working with so like i said it'll be interesting i think that we just have to kind of like watch what that looks like uh, from state to state and how that changes in the context of you know what we talked about its connection to like you know imprisonment and whatnot so mm-hmm. yes um so anyway today's show we are talking about um oh i forgot to mention i'm sorry i almost forgot something um the report came out that the death toll in Puerto Rico was in the thousands when mm-hmm. what was being reported was only that it there was, was lower. 40, yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's the reason that is happening is because what they are characterizing as deaths as a result of the storm, mm-hmm. so, which, when the reality is that if thousands of people have died as a result of the war, I mean, what has happened, the damage <laughs> from storm. They didn't. They yeah. made it. Didn't die during the hurricane, mm-hmm. but as a result of what has happened because of the hurricane. Right, and I think that happens in a lot of casualties. I mean, this can happen even in earthquake. Like I said, even in war, because if something is connected to it, they don't necessarily label it as like, oh, that's part of the death toll. They'll just look at like what the immediate sort of um, effect would be, as opposed to like really looking at there were people who. I mean, obviously, people are starving at this point. People are going to get diseases when you have hurricanes. You have a lot, you know bad water is going to come up so you have people who are um continuously affected and of course those are the things that we don't necessarily see on the ground right mm-hmm. well and one of the so one of the biggest issues and takeaways of that happened with that is that the mainstream media meaning all well i would say the the news entertainment channels that the majority of the country chooses mm-hmm. to subscribe to for their news quote unquote spent the majority of their time talking about Roseanne's tweet, which we mentioned last week. Yeah. Um, and things in the celebrity world and barely even mentioned, barely even covered this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, we've had episodes about this on the age of information and account been very critical and constant um, right. and, and, and pointing that out. Um, there's a lot of other there's a lot of lot of other things that are happening as a result of the hurricane there, but we're it's a, we'll get into that within today's show topic is a good segue. Um, so today's show topic we're talking about capitalism. It's a heated debate. It's a, he, a, 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 a the type of economic government structures is a heated debate. A lot of people have a different um, viewpoint on mm-hmm. what types of economic structures country should have but the reality is a lot of people that say these things don't even fully understand what they are words like socialist get thrown around socialism and or that communist is. and all these yeah. other all these other words and titles that get thrown around a lot um and capitalism is the devil mm. some people say i've you know i i've seen t-shirts and posts and things about it about people uh, demonizing capitalism as a whole um or socialism too. I think the people lack understanding of the theories behind any of these economic um, systems, and then I think that's sort of like where we're at right now in terms of how people debate it. Uh, when people do talk about economic system in general, I think they take it into pieces. Is what also happens. So they're not going to sit and be like, "I want to talk about capitalism," right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there will be things that are very much connected to capitalism and may not necessarily be. Uh, discuss in that way so mm-hmm. so the one plus one equals two what is capitalism 
an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than the state. So that is the technical uh, definition of capitalism. And when you look at MDG says this, when you look at the definition of capitalism, um, so many countries that people don't see or in their mind categorize as capitalist countries actually are. Um, the reality is that most countries in the world are a form of mixed economy, which mm-hmm. means they're a combination of capitalism, socialism, right. and, and, and mainly uh, combinations of ca- uh, capitalism and socialism. An of Those socialism. are the most popular in first world countries. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion is that, you know, when I've seen the debate mentioned and the people that are criticisms of capitalism, so to speak, most of those people that I encounter are people who come from privileged backgrounds. Um, I'm, and, and I, you know, I've met people that that not saying every person that I've met that, but I'm just I'm but I'm saying in most of the people that I encounter, um, and it makes it hard for me to take it seriously because I'm like you're someone who's benefited from capitalism to be in the position that you're in in the first place to be able to criticize actually i'm not let let me restructure that i think i spoke wrong not necessarily critics of capitalism people that are pro communism i should say like i've Mm -hmm. met people that are like oh i think communism is a good idea and are strong praisers of like fidel castro or other communist idealists Mm -hmm. and those people that I've encountered are usually people who come from economically privileged backgrounds as a result of capitalism. So it's very hard for me to necessarily uh, take them seriously, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, I try to keep an open mind to what you know anybody's thoughts are on the matter, but that's been my experience. So, I mean, historically speaking, um, the concept of capitalism dates all the way back into what would be considered, because I think it's the labeling, right? This is really where the issue is, is the labeling of um, of people when it comes to different economic systems. The only difference for me is, so I've also taught economics uh, in a high school level, taking it as part of my sort of requirement um, in the college level. Um, But I think here's where it comes down to. When I look at economic system and I look at how people should really view economic system in general is how does it answer the needs of the people in general. So whether that contains uh, the healthcare system or contains people's freedom in terms of what kind of uh, sort of business or jobs that they do want to take up, I think that those are sort of like the measurement that I look at when it comes to economic system. And I think that when I do teach it, whether that be in the context of socialism or the context of capitalism, I think that that's how people have to be really critical about. Um, and I think that each countries um, have been part of capitalism in very different ways. The problem is when it did start... Um, can date all the way back into the days of feudalism um, where you have the kings and queens, but even at that time, those aspects of capitalism capitalism have already sort of started, right? Because the idea is capital. If you are starting any business and you're using a capital, that's capitalism. That's really what it is. And just like what you said in the definition, if there's an aspect of profit, that's still capitalism. So 
the only difference over time that you will see in terms of how capitalism had evolved you know to this very present day is who's getting the capital who's getting the profit at the end of the day so when it started in the in the context of mercantilism it was in the thought process of the kings and queens taking that profit coming from slaves who had worked the farmers who had worked in the lands but the idea is still ownership because then who controls the biggest part of any type of capitalism even today is who gets to control those properties including especially with land property which for us now today we see it as a real state that's our label of it right but really it's still about the concept Concept of land owning and I think that's the part that most people don't really understand now the other aspect of it of owning businesses then goes into that and so over time and this is why the issue of how people how different countries also have to evolve and have to have mixed economies because at the end of the day if you only have a very few people who are benefiting from this particular economic system then the fewer people will be able to afford anything and no business will survive if no one can afford anything, right? The way that you're gonna create your own business even to this very present day, if you're a smart business owner, you wanna target as many people as you can. If you have less people are gonna be consuming whatever product or whatever services you're going to present, then that's a failure on your part because if they can't afford it, then that's where the issue comes in. This is why in the United States, for example, we have a standard of living that we have to follow because if fewer people in the United States can actually afford anything, then how in the world can any businesses um, can survive? And we can talk more about it, but this is, you know, we can even go into what happened in the recession, right, in the late, you know, like in 2008, um, and how those failures kind of come in. But I'll cut off from there, and we can introduce our guest. All right. Well, yeah, so we're going to introduce our guest, uh, another, one of, another one of my favorite people. Um, uh, he's done many things. Uh, we first met um in in the entertainment world he was a client who then became a partner and a really good friend and somewhat of a mentor to me in certain aspects um the guy was like the john taffer of the club the nightclub world and lounge world before bar rescue was even a thing like he he would go in and take failing uh bars and nightclubs and, and turn them into gold mines for lack of a better way to put it um he's got a master's in business administration he's been a youth mentor he's worked in gang prevention programs he's been an educator he's been a dean and now he's an executive protection consultant so uh you know welcome to the show will madera thank you thank you thank you it's a long overdue that's for sure yeah I'm happy to be on uh, always good to support uh, you yeah and uh anything that you got going on so i'm happy that uh, you came down to rockaway beach yeah. Sorry, it's not sunny. <laughs> I know. I know. We, we, we still got time. I know. We yeah. might get it, even if we get an hour. Mm. <laughs> well, at least it's not a hurricane, so we're good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah we're good. <laughs> yeah, so um, you got some experience. I mean, you got a master's in business administration, right? Yeah, I have a master's in public administration, a master's of science in uh, student affairs administration, mm -hmm. and then what they call cognate in, uh, in business. Uh, mm -hmm. My undergrad is uh, criminal law and social work, and, and associates in police science. But my favorite, my favorite one is the GED that I got. So without the GED. <laughs> GED club right uh, here. Yeah, I mean, without that GED, I would have never 
started off at community college. It would have mm-hmm. never got me interested in higher ed. Right. And after a while, it's, it's contagious when you learn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the way people looked at me as a minority and they're like, wow, you're going mm-hmm. off to get your bachelor's. Like, holy, holy crap. I mean, mm-hmm. that's such a great big deal because there's not so many minorities that are actually in those ranks. You might right. see them in the undergrad, I mean, like in the community college ranks, but right. once you get into undergrad and grad school, mm-hmm. um, you begin like to be the only raisin in the cereal box, mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. I say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so you, your mother is a Afro-Latina immigrant. Yep. You've lived, you know, as a black Latin man in mm-hmm. many different economic Client, you, you've lived many different places yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. You've been exposed to a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, how often are you faced with the, you know, with this discussion of, you know, economic structures, but capitalism versus socialism and and whatnot? I think right now what I'm faced with a lot is a lot of people are just wondering how to break through. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I start a business, uh, especially here in the states? Right. Uh, when you talk about going to dr it's a third world everybody fends for, for themselves mm-hmm. right whether you sell bananas or avocados mm-hmm. or uh but they start off from a very young age with this capitalism spirit because mm-hmm. it's a third world country although the government also does, highly influenced by the u.s it is, over time it is, exactly <laughs> um here a lot of people just wonder how to break through without other cultures breaking your spirit mm-hmm and um, I'm all for capitalism. I really am. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I mean, I'm a Republican since 1991, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll touch on. Yeah, later. yeah. We, we definitely got to talk about this. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I believe, I do believe there are certain people that, that the government should help out. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it like priming the pump. We should prime the pump, especially mm-hmm. for those underprivileged folks. Uh, whether it be black, the Latinos, even Asians, um, mm. anybody that's come here um, w- w- without knowing what the culture is like, without knowing what the language is like. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, most of the questions that I get are from really African Americans or Latinos that are just saying, how can I veer from the norm? Mm-hmm. Do I have to work the nine to five? The American dream is dead. I mean, a lot of people don't believe in it as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. People, uh, and you really see it on the West Coast. People go to the West Coast to do their yeah. startups. Yeah. You know, any idea that they have, I feel like it's it's accepted more on the West Coast mm-hmm. rather than on the East Coast. Here they're like, oh, no, that's just another startup. I'm not <laughs> going to deal with it. Yeah. Um, on the West Coast in L.A., they tend to listen. I mean, they don't want to be, you know, a lot of investors don't want to miss out on um, – Uber, I mean, well, Uber, Uber is a big example. A lot of people said, no, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And now look, right? So uh, I think that mentality on the West Coast is I don't want to miss out on the next Uber or the next Dropbox, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Or the Facebook um, that people tend to let listen more. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that uh, on the East Coast, people tend to be like more of a naysayer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. This isn't going to work, you know, sort of thing. Um, it's funny because I feel like the one thing I, that, and this is why I came to, the one thing I've first of all come to realize is that 
not everybody is an entrepreneur. Not everybody has a mind to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody should be an entrepreneur. Some people are do have laborers' minds. Like mm-hmm. some people are better. I have family members, cousins of mine, they're like straight up. They're like, you know, when I was young and early, you know, mm-hmm. you're I, I feel like it's a, you're either naturally the personality type that is meant to be the person who makes the business, who creates the business, who right. creates the ideas, or you're the person that's rather just focus on doing the, the so to speak or in or a laborer what laborers are mm-hmm. and when you when you when you're young and these you're still learning these things about yourself and others and differences you see the conflict where like i had cousins where to them i just look like this non-realistic dreamer with big ideas <laughs> you know what i'm yeah, saying and like that's not practical i just yeah. i just want a job where i can work nine to five and of course because in their mind they're like yeah. this is practical this yeah. is what well, people like to and, structure exactly and, and depending on where you're coming from i think also culturally right in many in many groups especially for pocs if that is sort of like the limitations for for many for many even just graduating high school or getting some kind of high school diploma is a big deal so if you go to college the expectation is you better have some kind of um you know regular nine to five Mm -hmm. type job that would sustain you and put you in sort of like as being the next generation put you in another level right and this is you know this very typical to like what would be considered a middle class mentality yeah. um and that happens like i said in a lot of cultures especially in poc communities um but here's the thing with capitalism if the starting point and i think this is the biggest challenge maybe for people who are thinking about starting any type of business right if the starting point of any business is a capital or some kind of amount of money that you do have. A lot of times, whether you do have the mindset of being an entrepreneur or not, if there are people who already have the capital, which is usually what happens is you pass it down, right? If your parents had owned businesses over time, the sort of automatic response for many families is I'm going to pass it down to... It's generational. Right, to the next generation, my son, whoever, right? And so those people are going to be ahead no matter what. Of course. Now, if you have people who had just arrived or Mm -hmm. are just thinking about, okay, I have to start start from scratch, um, that is the biggest challenge. And so if in capitalism the idea is a free market for all, then that puts that thing into question because then it becomes a generational thing. It is not an accident that many corporations today do exist the way they do. They do exist because many of them are actually auctioners in the slave system that existed here in the United States, um, of which then puts them ahead of everybody else. And I say this a lot of times for my high school students. I'm like, okay, you have all these dreams. Great. And I I support it. I love the you're inspired but at the end of the day tell me how you're gonna get there in the level of or where you're at right um and i think you know it's not it's not trying to kill someone's dream but i think it's like how do you get there how do you distinguish yourself amongst everybody else who are also trying to get there right you know the framework is is against a a lot of you know young um businessmen and Mm -hmm. uh, i mean you see that push and pull war now with minimum wage right yeah I mean, capitalism that's where it hurts for mm-hmm. people that are just matt just said laborers are are, are just going to be that mm-hmm. but they're the ones that get hurt in the end because right. the capitalists mm-hmm. are just trying to keep the money for themselves mm-hmm. nobody's trying to pay 15 dollars an hour i mean so now technology is now taking over where you go to mcdonald's and i'm seeing few i mean i'm having fewer interactions right. with employees right i mean there's a big tablet mm-hmm. right there 
yeah. just to avoid the $15. So again, that's where it really pinches a lot of right. folks where not everybody has that business mindset where they're going to go out and say, I'm going to create. Not everybody's a creator. Right. Some people just like to work. I mean, I was one of those guys in my 20s where I just wanted to work my 10-hour shifts mm -hmm. and get a paycheck that was signed by somebody else. Right. Um, but after a while, there's this awakening that happens, not with everybody, but with me. I'm like, you know what? My talents are way too great to make somebody right. this rich. Mm-hmm. And then not give me a piece of the pie. And somebody else get credit for your yeah. work. I mean, how much. many businesses are yeah. doing stock options yeah. now anymore? I mean, that yeah. used to be a big thing growing up in the late 80s and even in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Stock options were everywhere. Yeah. Now, how many people are really doing are doing that? Unless you're a CEO or a higher right. executive. Yeah. Right. Um, and profit sharing. Program. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that just doesn't. I mean, you don't see that as much as it as yeah. as, you know, even 20 years ago. So. You know, that's the big thing right now is, and that's the battle. Mm -hmm. And you hear it all the time. I mean, yeah. nobody, this minimum wage thing is going to cause a lot of beef. Well, the issue, so here's where it comes down to. When Obama was a president, he was actually being labeled a lot as being socialist. He brought in the universal health care, and it was like, whoa, you're a socialist, right? Yeah. So that's a problem. Well, that's but, that talking point mentality no, we talked about. Let me throw a label out there, and everybody jumps <laughs> everybody on it and responds it. like, yeah. you're a socialist. But here's the issue with that is that, you know, and you mentioned there were at least 27 countries who are, you know, considered capitalist today, most of which also have socialist um, aspect to it. Yeah, so economies. in right in in like the Nordic side, for example, they call them the Nordic model because they would have they would allow people to own business. You can create your own businesses, but at the end of the day, you have to pay taxes. A lot of times, most of those European countries actually pay a high amount of taxes because they do cover a large chunk of what the community actually needs or what the people need. So whether that be healthcare system or the education system that they do have is, you know, it's different. We're always, the United States is always compared in like European countries in terms of what our standards look like. Mm -hmm. And they basically sort of criticize what our system looks like in capitalism because a lot of times there's sort of like still this red scare idea that exists that, all, you know, if you do put in a little bit of like a socialist aspect to the government that, it would then turn our country red and therefore mm -hmm. that's a bad thing. However, a lot of these European countries do exist for that reason because at the end of the day, even if you're not a business owner, you still need your workers. Your workers have to function. So their healthcare does matter. The amount of money that they make does matter because the same people who are working for you are the same people who are gonna consume your items, mm. right? So this is not an accident. I mean, I learned this as a young sort of like worker, the first thing that they give you is a discount when you're working in the store because they know you're gonna consume whatever that you're also selling as Absolutely. someone who worked there. Yeah. And I think that's where the minimum wage thing kind of comes in. Yeah, yeah. Because then how does that change the standard of living overall and where people or what people are gonna be able to afford? Yeah, well my overall, look, I look at it like this. You know, in, in regards to what I mentioned earlier with the discussion, it, there's no, it's not black and white. Like, my mm -hmm. thing is, is that me personally, I've said it. I love the ideas, the ideals with behind what our country is. I, I love the idea of a democratic republic structure as far as government and, and, and how that's run. And I love the idea of a capitalist approach to to, you know, the, the ability for anybody to have the opportunity to mm -hmm. independently become who they want to become. However, everything needs checks and balances. 
And here's the reality. We've been a mixed economy. We've been a social democracy. You know, it's like when Bernie Sanders mm. was running and everybody was like, he's a socialist. He's so, and they were, I'm like, <laughs> it, you know, as someone who works in the media, we live in that headline talking point. People throw these words out without really looking at the details. And Bernie Sanders was not saying anything any different than what many even Republican and you have to change the face. Democrats said. Mm-hmm. It's just the terminology and who it applies to. Uh-huh. And here's the problem. The issues with the what like I said, I don't have a problem with capitalism, but the way we've been doing capitalism is where the problem lies. Um there's a power balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 it to some degree balances out, but there's still people who suffer. We're lucky in the U.S. because despite our faults, the fact that there is the debate in the different states with different communities, with different mentalities and different people that have different moral or um, social ideas mm-hmm. kind of keeps it from going too far, has kept it from going too far in any one direction. But the problem is a lot of the main stuff has been the same for over 50 years. And that's where when they started figuring out ways to regulate things within the states, like you have the states like New York, which mm. is a union state, quote unquote, versus states down south that are right to work states, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Now, for major corporations that think, you know, for them or any even even as what's considered a small business owner, which is another thing to discuss what's considered small business. You know mm. what I mean? Like. There's people considered small businesses that are LLCs that have 500 employees. And when you're in comparison to somebody like McDonald's or uh, Microsoft that has thousands and some millions of employees, and of course you're a small business. But I do think there is a difference between the person that has 500 employees and then the little guy that has maybe like 10 to 20 employees or even 50, less than 100 employees. Yeah. so the problem is, is that you run into these situations where, for instance, in New York, I'm a very pro-union guy and, and unions, just like capitalism or any other idea or sh- system made by human beings are subject to fault. Mm-hmm. However, the importance of the unions be- is, is a check to balance out the negative side effects of capitalism. Mm-hmm. You see, so the big, in the southern states, for instance, Texas, uh, um, border states, a lot of people that are non-union states look at undocumented immigrants or illegal quote-unquote immigrants as the problem. They're like, oh, they steal our jobs. To me, it's the biggest scam. <laughs> that narrative is the biggest <laughs> scam to the American people because the reality is capitalist nature is even if you got rid of all the undocumented immigrants, they're always going to find somebody well, he, that is underprivileged yeah. that is going to do the work for less. Well, here's yeah. here here is where the issue lies. So historically, even in the United States, I mean, this country is built in different groups being oppressed. That is, I think, I think a lot of the criticism that the United well, that's States, the whole world. Well, a lot the of criticism. Of the whole world is yeah, that way, a lot of criticism that the United States did receive, though, is the mm-hmm. use of capitalism in this country have always been that. So whether that be all the way back to slavery to how the immigrant groups are being treated today, that's really so. It's like from the traditional slavery of Africans versus the modern day slavery of, in this case. Immigrants, or even not even just immigrants, there are actually other groups that are also being trafficked. I think people just think about trafficking as like immigrants 
kind of going through that, but there are actually other groups that also um, go through that, especially in the South. You know, we talked about being in Texas. Um, but I think I'm going to go back a little bit on like the whole minimum wage. Mm-hmm. So the issue is this. You have businesses that actually have to comply, right, for all this, you know, whatever the, the minimum wage, whether that be 15 or whatever the amount would be. And, you know, that would be regulated in state to state. What would happen, though, and this is the part that where the immigration and other things kind of come in, there will still be businesses that would hire undocumented people and will be paid under the table. So they will mm-hmm. not be regulated in the same thing, right? Um, and this happens even professionally, even in nursing or even in teaching world, you have um, you know immigrant groups that are being hired and they're not getting paid the same amount as what they should be pay- you know, getting course, paid yeah. from or, the other groups. Or the right? technology will phase them out. Right, yeah, and for, which for, is another for, thing yeah. because I think the way that the U.S. kind of function is it encompasses the rest of the world. And when, so going all the way back to the time when people were complaining about the issues of regulations here in the U.S. and, you know, how products are being created here in the U.S., all the, you know, a lot of the businesses starts going out of the United States. The outsourcing kind of starts coming in. And this is where that comes down to even today. I think I kind of mentioned this in one of our shows before, even in the medical field. Not all are, you know, you don't know if your charts are actually being read by your own doctor or some mm. other doctor who is in a different time zone and can actually function in a different time. So if it's nighttime or if it's daytime, uh, nighttime here and it's daytime elsewhere, there's going to be a doctor that can read your own chart yeah. elsewhere. So it'll be done virtually as opposed to your own doctor kind of reading yeah. it. So does that kind of um, sort of lower the quality yeah. of what you're getting I don't know and I think that's the other part of you know how things kind of turned up here in the US there are certain products that are going to be created and to make them cheap right then you got to sacrifice the quality that you do have so that yeah. more and more people can afford it now if you're outsourcing that and it's being created in other countries again so there may be a minimum wage here but that minimum wage doesn't exist in other countries even though those American um, companies are in those countries. And that this is where the immigration thing comes in. The reason why I kind of mentioned it, what you're saying is that if those countries are constantly not getting paid enough, or the people are not getting paid enough, they have no choice but to leave, right? So mm-hmm. for you, for example, coming from Dominican Republic, as I said earlier, being quote-unquote labeled third world, that yeah. puts the people in the Dominican Republic into a position of having to leave and move elsewhere. A lot of them are here in New York. Yeah, it's push and pull fat back. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so you're going to constantly have that and to use that as a scapegoat to be like, oh, they should be out. This country can't survive. Whether, like, whether that be documented or undocumented immigration, it wouldn't be able to sustain either way. I think, I think what's going to happen is, and if it's not happening, it should happen, is... We have to go back, and the millennials are going to do it. And if not, it's going to be generation uh, what's after uh, Generation Z. Okay, is because yeah. I'm Generation X, so it would be Generation Y. You have to vote some of these career politicians out. They don't know, like you touched on, a lot of these congressmen mm-hmm. and women and women as well. Mm-hmm. They've been handed down privilege for many many years we're talking about Absolutely. old money yeah they don't understand what it is to be in the trenches mm-hmm. yeah uh they don't understand to have a vienna sausage when you're hungry right <laughs> but yes right at the end of the day i've been saying this for for such a long time it has to start off with voting your local councilman 
yeah. your mayor and starting off there. That's the only way you're going to awake anybody on the federal level mm-hmm. because they're like, wow, they're changing the guard quick here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know what I mean? The borough presidents are starting to change, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your councilmen are changing. They're coming out to vote for those small elections, not just for the big ones. Right. And I think that's where, I mean, I always said, I, I pose this question to everyone. Mm-hmm. What is the number one rule for a politician? And nobody knows the answer. <laughs> Stay in power. Yeah. That's the number one rule. And at the end of the day, as long as those in power don't really have a finger on our pulse Mm -hmm. how can they serve us well yeah Yeah. well that brings up like uh, another a segue into another point i have as far as the way we do capitalism and where things went wrong here Mm -hmm. one of the biggest problems here as opposed to our governmental structure which the idea is great the problem is we have all these little factors like first of all the fact that corporations can sponsor Politicians. politicians yeah mm-hmm. they, they, this shouldn't be a, that's oh, your one campaign of, can uh, the money trails crazy the yeah. money yeah. like the to money me, trails that's crazy. one of a no-brainer thing that says no this is a conflict of interest we this should not right. be allowed mm-hmm. because yeah of course people are gonna mm-hmm. why would someone donate a, a, a yeah. tons of it's not a capital like from a person who thinks solely logistically from a logician standpoint if i'm gonna give you some money if I'm gonna donate to you, that because that means it's because you benefit my views and, and my ideas. Or you owe me a favor. Exactly. They one hand washing. Or you the owe other. me a favor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that is what's been the problem is that and and how we've and we talked about this in the two party system episode. Mm. We've ended up in this this two party structure where we have this basic political machine, and you do you have these senators and congressmen who have been in office for. They this, they never leave. They become a career. They're the they're the only ones that don't have term limitations, and they yeah. have the most power. And they have these old school mentality where just go out and earn it. Mm. It's not like that anymore. Not, you can't yeah. go out. I mean, you know, they're always saying even even the Republican base are always like, you know what? Why are we giving so much freebies yeah. away? Go out and earn it like I did. But the thing is, is like the landscape is different. Yeah. You can't just go out there and earn it. And, you know, go out there and make a living mowing lawns now mm. anymore like back in the day. It's just not reasonable. Yeah. Technology has taken over where those little, a lot of those little small money jobs are gone. Mm. Um, again, it, it, it's, it's just a really tough, in a way, I agree that this generation has gotten a little lazy. Mm-hmm. They do have this entitlement that... <laughs> They should be given all these things. Yes, I get it. But I just feel like I want to, I think there's a halfway point where we can prime the pump just a little bit, mm-hmm. not give them everything to make it easy on them. I want people to struggle because struggle builds character. Absolutely. But I also don't want you to be left out in the cold. Uh, the preamble of the constitution is what? It says we're, that we should help our fellow citizens. Mm-hmm. So, at the end of the day, um, I do I, I do feel that we should help, but I also feel like um, it's a dichotomy. It's just it's 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 a very fine line to dance. Mm-hmm. At this point, I feel like there's half the millennial generation is entitled. Like <laughs> they, everybody's got their hands out. Give me something. Give me something. <laughs> Give me something. I want something yeah. uh, quick, and I want it now without working yeah. for it. Uh, there should be kind of like pivotal points. Or benchmarks will say, if you make it to this level, we'll mm. give you this much. 
Um, well, I mean, it's part of the selling point. I think that's the other part. And we talked a little bit about this last week in the context <coughs> of media. I mean, media is a big b- business in the U.S., Well, well yeah, right? it's part of capitalism. So that's been... Yeah sold that whole story that you don't need to work as hard. Let me do something stupid and be on TV and sell myself in that way. There's people that are getting upset. There's (laughs) nine-year-olds that are making more money than folks that are working 10 years, 15 years at a job. a little video that they made. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, social media has changed it all, of course. But I think this is the frustration that I see from the blue-collar world that they're sitting here 15 years. Mm -hmm. They're at a plant. Um somebody comes along and makes a video about getting hit in the face and now they've got a bunch of sponsorships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can break your spirit. I get it. But there needs to be also, those folks also need to be cued in in the type of world that we live today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's an example of where I see, I support, you know, this is capitalist, this is free market. Just because I got famous and I made my money how I made it, that's not like people who criticize athletes for making what they make and blah. blah. I'm like, so what? They earned yeah, it. They course, yeah. like no professional athlete. It, it, it's not a. Pro, it's not easy to become a professional athlete. Yeah. Just like it's not easy to become a lawyer who makes millions, and it's not mm-hmm. easy to be, even become a doctor that makes millions. Like you can, it's you can put in the work and go through school, and some people it's easier for them. Mm. It's not as hard as it is for others and get the paperwork. But I mean, to get to the point where you're a partner in a firm or get to the point where you're, you know, with the exception of people who come from old money where it's handed to them. We do have those cases. But I'm just saying, I don't have a problem with, like I'm not a person who believes in maximum wage, you know, or anything Mm -hmm. of that sort. However, Mm -hmm. however, that being said, here's the big problem. When it comes to discussing how taxes and tax money is being allocated, allocated, mm-hmm. of course, and distribution yeah. mm-hmm. of wealth, quote unquote, and that is where we got a serious level of hypocrisy, and, it's, and for lack of a better way to put it, a serious level of dumb fuckery when it comes to the black and white realities of it, mm-hmm. and that's where people manipulate and use media and talking points to sway the way people think. Because here's the reality, to me, I don't care. You, there shouldn't be a cap on how much money you make. However, or how you make it, or, or how yeah, you make. If it. you want to get hit in the face with a brick and make money, that's so so. Big. As long yeah. as you're not hurting other people, of course. If you're yeah. oppressing other people, then there's a problem, and that and we'll and that, get, we'll get hold up. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get. I, let me finish my point, and we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a minute. However, if you are a company who profits in the millions, and your workers, the people that make or, or billions rather, not even. I'm talking about. I'm thinking quarterly because I've looked mm. at quarterly reports for companies that profit, profit not and this is strictly profits. So for people to know what profit is, it means the money you make after all your expenses are paid, not not total revenues generated. Mm. I'm talking about profits, millions of dollars every quarter. And some of these corporations, billions of dollars a year. And you're constantly looking for ways to cut the pay of the people who do the work. It's like I'm the one that goes out and hunts the meat, cuts the meat, prepares the meat, and gives it to you. But I can't even get a seat at the table. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. you're, you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, here, here, here. It, 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 that's messed up. And the other thing is about the overall economy when it comes to taxation. A lot of these companies benefit from government subsidies, which are tax dollars. That mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, abatements. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So if you benefit from where the government helps you get a head start and quote unquote, but you have a problem paying your fair share of the taxes so that other people have an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those come with caveats though. Like if I'm going to give you a tax abatement for seven years, 
that means that your company needs to hire an X amount of employees. Of employees or and types of a employees. certain type. So those those are structured out. Again, it, it lays within our our people that we vote in our office. They're they're the ones that are making these deals. Mm. They're they're saying, hey, seven years tax free. I need you to hire <laughs> at least twenty five folks within the next three also, years they don't, at okay. ten dollars an also, hour. Also, they don't sacrifice the lifestyle. Hold that on, they I'm glad you brought them back because I'm gonna push against you on of this course. because you're, yes. you're you're a self proclaimed Republican. Of course, uh-huh. Republicans bash Obama, but Obama's policies and his surplus package mm-hmm. was the first one because Reaganomics didn't do that. Reaganomics was the beginning of the outsourcing mm. of jobs or these loopholes that corporations would get where they would create so it was kind of like what i call the smoke screen mm-hmm. you fool people because you're like oh we're going to regulate certain aspects but we're going to de- deregulate other words we're going to help the corporations out we're going to help the big people out it's going to trickle down and they're going to hire more but really what was happening is these they're getting these loopholes that outsource jobs yeah. Overseas, where the where there is no minimum wage or the minimum wage or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're still and the regu- getting these the tax breaks. Yeah. Doesn't apply anymore. And, and and to be fair, Bill Clinton followed it too. I mean, it was a it was a policy that a lot of presidents did. Obama's um the 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 surplus uh, mm-hmm. or the um the stimulus whatever package. I, I, yeah, I'm I'm drawing <laughs> a blank again. Yeah. This keeps happening to me, man. No, I, th- I, I thought that package was a great package. I, I really thought stimulus it was. package. Yeah, it was stimulus package. It helped. And because it was saying mm-hmm. you have to hire American workers to mm-hmm. build here and to, it did bring back the auto industry and and, and like Republicans mm-hmm. like this is this is why one of the things I don't like about Trump mm-hmm. because I'm like and why I don't trust him because mm-hmm. I'm like you are a good businessman for you and your family and you, y'all gonna be all right no matter what happens I don't think it's good for America I don't mm-hmm. think it's good for people as a whole because you are tearing down the very instead of at least say like yo that was a good idea that was what we were supposed to do and a lot of republicans don't support that at that level there's yeah. lower level republicans yeah. state senators state assemblymen mm-hmm. or whatever and once you get down to the lower levels where partisan politics don't really play as much of a role mm-hmm. but at the national level and at the federal level these you know you see that where yeah. they're not. The rhetoric has come down, though. There's not been a lot of Trump bashing as much as there used to be a few months ago. <laughs> I mean, it's been a little quiet. But, but well, it, it has been quiet. Other, I think there are other things that's probably it it who you down. listen to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the bottom line is, at the end of the day, the and this is all throughout uh, governmental history here in the U.S. Majority of them have not been in any other class majority of them have been coming from more of the upper class and that makes a difference in how people would frame what philosophy and what principle they would apply in how they rule and how they create certain laws and regulations for the country that will determine that reflects a lot on how people would or how some of these officials would figure out what they would support what they would vote for and not vote for and all of that whether that be the marijuana that you mentioned earlier or other type of regulations, those thought process and the class of where they're coming from would apply. Mm-hmm. That's where it comes down to. And I think like what we said before, people are always going to decide based on their own experience, based on their own background. And I think that that's been what's sort of um, lacking in the system that's been existing here in the U.S. And I think, um, you know, you can go into other countries that they also have, you know, similar sort of like rhetoric, but yeah. Everybody's been, I mean, I think when I reveal that I voted for Trump, a lot of people either faint, <laughs> want to punch me in the face, 
or look at me like, are, is this a sticker on your body? Because you are a Latino. Why would you vote for Trump? But mm-hmm. let's, I mean, Florida backed Trump and it's the Latino state. I mean, Miami really went behind him hard. If I had to grade Trump right now at this moment, I'd give him a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I voted for him really for for immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to respect somebody that lost his business and then used the system to build it back up. Mm-hmm. I don't think he used. I don't think it was a system that helped him regain his business. I think that the casino uh, purchase in Atlantic City was was deliberate. Mm-hmm. I think he was tanking before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing is is that I've been uh, voting, well, not myself, but my family and friends, we've been voting the Democratic way for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I really haven't seen a lot change, except for the stimulus package that Obama put out there. Mm-hmm. Clinton really, uh, the only thing that I thought that Clinton did well was um, the deficit was even. Mm-hmm. He didn't really commit a lot of uh, uh, troops on the ground, a lot of airstrikes. But the first person I voted for that made that that made me change parties was I voted in 1992 for a gentleman by the name of Ross Perot, which was an independent. Mm-hmm. He was a businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was the CEO of Purdue Chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that stopped him was that he was really too kind of like southernish. You know, mm-hmm. he had a heavy mm-hmm. draw, and he was just like. To Rennecke, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but that did awake a lot of folks that this independent can come in, a business, people were ready for a business person. Mm-hmm. I truly feel that my generation, which is Generation X, mm-hmm. we're responsible for Trump being in office. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grew up with him. I'm 44. I grew up with Trump. I've mm-hmm. watched him since the 80s. Watched him build that brand, build, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, I think a lot of, of the... People of my generation that I talk to, some are afraid to admit it, but they voted for Trump. I think my generation was the one that got us in. Whether or not our generation is is the one that'll lead this country into turmoil because of it is yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think he's got another term? I think so. Well, I, I think he does too. Yeah. Not, not that I think it's a good thing, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I think yeah. he got in because the one the one business he was, you know, like. For me, you know, I don't I never bought the narrative with him about this, you know, because he, he, he you anybody can be successful at real estate when you have a hundred million dollar head start. So I don't see him as successful yeah. at real estate. I see him as lucky. Yeah. The only business that I see him independently, what he's been successful at is branding and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Entertainment yeah. is the one. You business- don't think moving the business from Queens to Manhattan wasn't a big deal? Uh, which one? I mean, his father. His father wanted no parts of the city. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, no, no. But, I mean, by Donald but, Trump but listen, moving but listen, into the city, but was listen, huge. but listen. That the whole Grand Central. Ter- yeah. But but the bottom line is, you he had capital to do it. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't. You don't have to be a master genius to come across. Like a lot of us could go and find smart real estate moves mm-hmm. with the capital to do it. When mm-hmm. you have a hundred million dollars to play with. That's a lot. Yeah, to, you, you can yeah. go to a lot of auctions yeah. easily. You, well, you Manhattan can, was tough to break. But, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he did have a lot of hurdles. You, yeah, you could take yeah. a lot, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, not saying he didn't expand the business from what his dad had, but mm-hmm. the bottom line is he was 
he had a lot of privilege and you had a hundred million dollars. Give me a hundred million dollars oh, and watch what, I do, I also, <laughs> watch what I do with yeah, it. Watch what I do with it. Of course. But my point is There'd be more than three mics here if we had a hundred million. The one <laughs> thing that he was successful at and what he did learn and what he is really good at was entertainment, TV, media, understanding people. That's why he won. Because, and I'm not surprised that you won. Because yeah. I know a lot of people of color, yeah. not only people of color and black Americans and Latino Americans, but even immigrants mm-hmm. that immigrated here that voted for Trump. A lot of them won't go jump on a soapbox and, and scream about it. But of be, course. But I think, you know, and we've talked about this. I'm yeah. like, you think, to me, am I, I hear the same narrative. Well, it doesn't really affect me. Yeah. It, what he, the, mm-hmm. the negative things he's saying and stuff don't affect me. And I say to you, as I do to all the other people, I'm like, until it does. Because once he yeah. gets rid of all the immigrants and, and, and the Muslims yeah. and everybody else, mm-hmm. who, do, who do you think they're coming for next? They don't want to see your black ass up there with fucking millions Absolutely of dollars not. in your bank account but, Absolutely not. Yeah, but, for not playing no. ball and yeah, not yeah. being an entertainer. No. I love the tax break. That is yeah. for, for sure. I really it do. didn't help me. It hurt yeah. me. Um, but I think that's the biggest issue is when you do have people in general. So here's here's my thing about Trump being a president. The problem is I don't believe that you should only have a big business or the strongest that you have is a business background being a president. I don't believe that that makes a good president. That's the problem. You're not, in his case, he is completely still protecting his own businesses as a president. And that's not how you should be rolling. If you're a president, you have the great responsibility to protect the country. Not to protect yourself, but there are people that are Involved. That's the decision that you're making as a president, as a leader. That, that's you tough are deciding for the rest of the country. Yeah. So for you to start sort of, now you talking mm. about as a president, for you to start sort of just protecting yourself, your interests, and a couple of the other posses that you have right behind your back with your businesses, that's where the issue comes in. It is yeah. not your responsibility to do that. Your response, and this is what I say when I think about economic system, you have to think about how many people are being protected or be or, or, or benefiting from that particular system and but that's here's the where thing, the though, issue we've, we've never in. had this before so i mean we've never no, i, I, no, I don't never think he's tra- the only one we, i'm just we've saying we've never had a are. president who was who had so many businesses um i think that residually his businesses are going to thrive because of because of his pres pre, you know oh they already they, are they, I, they I, already I, are I, it's I, not I, an but, accident but, is, but the thing is, is that we've never had this type of We've never had this type of president in office that's come in with a portfolio already. Yeah. We've had presidents that come in broke and left filthy rich after they've gotten out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Clintons had no money when they were. Uh, I don't know about no money. Like in I don't the White think House. that we've yeah, had. No, a all, all, I don't <laughs> think we've had a president with zero money coming well, in. I mean, as I mean, a reality. The Bushes. Yeah. Are we're going to talk about. Well, the Bushes had a, yeah. a ton of money. We're going to talk about all the yeah. fifty-two presidents. But I mean, but but <laughs> even <laughs> even I mean, the Obamas Bill, and the Bill Clinton wasn't on the level with, as Bush was. But, of course, yeah, yeah. But they they were they were well off. I mean, you will see after after Trump is gone that there's going to be a lot of new legislation about. What happens if we get another uh, CEO, private business guy mm. in office? Mm. Uh, see, you. Mm-hmm. So you were saying that, like with Ross Perot, and, and a lot of, and I get why people see that. Mm-hmm. Just like I get why people like an idea of someone who speaks their mind. Mm-hmm. I like, I get why people are like, oh, he's a business owner. I get why people like that in certain aspects of life, but I don't think someone like that's good as president. And I, mm. and this is why, yeah. because as a successful business owner, you're. Instinct is to look out for your business. For your own. Yes. And the yeah. problem is, when just like 
There's no empathy. Along the ways of saying what's on your mind. When you're with your friends or in certain aspects, that's good. But when you are the president of the United States of America, these are not good things in the grand scheme of things. And in my opinion, and I think it's dangerous because especially on the business owner aspect, because let me explain to you, you know what you know what governments are run by business like a business? Fascist governments and communist gov- of governments. Course, yeah, yeah, are, yeah. Are, are, that's yeah. their model. Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, like a, we have a chairman and appointed things yeah. that are for the people. They call it. Or the for other the countries that quote unquote are labeled as third world. They it's not because they have people. You have and I'm coming from the Philippines. The Philippines have one of the richest people in the world, not just in the country, but the rest of the country is actually falling into poverty. And so that's that's where we're at. But are the checks and balances is is failing right there? now though. I mean, the checks and balances. Who's checking him? I mean, the Congress isn't checking. Nobody's we're gonna have to see. What, we're gonna have to see what happened. Like, like nobody's really like, and that's the other thing for people. Like, tr- like no there's a lot can, of people turning the other way. Yeah, there's no way. To, there's no way to know what the end result of this of Trump's presidency is at least for another three years. Exactly. The end of yes. at, at the turn of his terms is when we're gonna know. Mm-hmm. And we're starting oh. to run out of time here. Uh, we'll have a different show on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's a whole different. A that's whole a whole different show. animal. That's a whole different. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, coming to an end here. Uh, Will, thanks for thanks for finally being on. I hope you yes. be come on come more back. often. <laughs> yeah, please. Absolutely. So thank you for having me. We are airing tonight at 9 p.m. FiringSquadNetwork.com. We are also available in Apple Podcasts and also in SoundCloud, so you can listen to us on your own time. Please follow us in Facebook, like our page, um, send us any message, feedback that you do have about today's episode or any topic that you are looking to hear from us. Also, if you're looking to be a guest in our show, you can also send us an email to truthradio at gmail.com. We are also available in Instagram and Twitter, so send us your message. That's T. Lee Truth Radio, T I L I Truth Radio at gmail.com. Follow me at Mat the Godfather, M A T D A G O D F A T H A on all social media. Like us on Facebook. Send us an email. Telling it like it is produced by myself, Matt Ely, Veronica Ely, Zarabinola. Special thanks to Matty Ely for help with our social media. We are not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We're not conservatives. We're not liberals. We're realists and we're always telling it like it is.